are now doing News Plus Sports. There's no orange man bad, war good, uniparty mantra here. Red Pill Plus. Red Pill Plus. Sports Plus News. Done right. So thankful that you have joined us on this wonderful late Tuesday, early Wednesday on, uh, what is this, January the 24th, January 24th, Wednesday. It's about 3.25 a.m. I'm getting this out. I normally release it at 2 a.m. on Wednesday, uh, but I was up doing some work and I thought, hey, I'm going to go ahead and do a podcast. This is going to be probably... The most different podcast that I will do. Uh, I won't do these probably very often. If I do uh, these uh, again, and I'll do them uh, with any frequency, it will be uh, probably a different podcast. Uh, it is probably more of my um, oh. I wouldn't say ministry or, or preaching, because that's that's you know that's not what you come here for. But I just I, I just felt compelled to do this, and what I want to talk about tonight uh, was the ingredients for a great life. And uh, I guess really what I wanted to do was because uh, because I can tell you much more of what not to do than I can what to do. I'm not one of these guys, and you see them all over YouTube. I'm on YouTube, you know, hours a day uh, watching mostly uh, documentary and, and learning, uh, educational, uh, very little, just pure entertainment. Uh, that is my entertainment. And, uh, and so many people get on there and pose, you know, and talk about, you know, and flex about they've done this and that they've done that. Um, and and I'm not I'm not here to I've been tremendously blessed in in every way you know physically financially uh, family health uh, and I I feel like my wife says this all the time uh, that we have that we live a charmed life and it doesn't mean we've not had you know our share of of heartache and trouble and care. You know, Jesus said that in the Bible, that in this world you will have trouble. He used the word tribulation, which means big trouble. Uh, but many of you have had much, much worse. But what I want to do tonight, and, and I just, again, I felt compelled to do this, and I just, you know, I feel like I have to do it. Uh, but it's very positive. It's nothing preachy. It's nothing, it's more of like a philosophy of life, Um and I really think uh, whether I was looking through our uh, the Philippines, Switzerland, uh, Brazil, 
uh, the Cameroon, uh, America, Canada, uh, all these nations, and I, I know I'm going to leave some out, and I, I apologize because I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. You you mean the world to me, and I just I felt like uh, just sharing what I call the ingredients for a great life, and and they're real practical. There's nothing you know earth shattering. Uh, they're, they're mostly, they are biblical principles, but I won't even, I'll start with one scripture, uh, which I feel like is the foundation, and then the rest of it is just more my experience in life and what's worked for me. Uh, you know, and it's something someone taught me or it's something I read in a book. It's something I learned through a lot of failure. But I, I think it's the ingredients, and, and here's what I can guarantee you, that if you will practice and and utilize and add these ingredients uh, and most of you are you're you're doing you know you're doing a lot of this if not most of it so I'm not trying to in any way shape form or fashion come to you in some air of superiority whatsoever uh, but if you're not uh, I'm, I'm telling you and what really kind of promoted this was I was talking to someone today and um and I, I, I won't say who it was because, you know, it's it's more personal. But they were, you know, they were kind of, I won't say lamenting, but kind of, uh, and not complaining at all, but just kind of stressing. Uh, probably a good expression. A little bit of stressing over something really they can't control. And uh, it, it just prompted me. And as I talked to them, uh, they're much younger than I am. Uh, I noticed they weren't talking, you know, trying to talk over me or they just listened. And I was, I was really impressed with that. I was just, you know, and I know this person really, really well. I mean, they're, you know, I'm very, very close to them. As close as I can be to just about anybody in the world. But um, I, I noticed they just, they just soaked it up and that just, that one humbled me, you know, that they would listen. But... It, I didn't, when they were talking to me, I, I had no intention of going there because usually our conversations are more sports and business and family. You know, it's, it's never gets on like, uh, I would say, a real serious level. Uh, and so it was, it was, it was an anything. So anyway, that kind of, that just kind of affected me all day that they, they really listened. Um, and so... Uh, and, and not that they don't ever, you know, they don't usually listen. But just today, I was talking to them pretty, uh, pretty straight. Not not being, you know, uh, uh, being whatever corrective or whatever. Just more encouraging. But but anyway, I'm talking in circles. But I want to give you these ingredients for a great life. And, and they're not in, a, in, in any certain order except for the first one. The first one is, uh, and it's the only scripture I'll use, so don't, don't cut me off if you're agnostic or atheist, because I think these work for anybody. I think these work for Christians and non-Christians. Uh, and and I, can, I can guarantee you that if you will implement these ingredients in your life, and I'm still trying myself, so I'm not... I don't have it all together by any stretch, but 
that these have served me really, really well. Uh, and, and I want to start with the, the, the first one is, is putting God first. Uh, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all these other things should be added to you. Matthew 6.33. And if you can put God first. And I want to encourage you in something. And this, this is where this kind of went from the conversation. Actually, it started here because I thought about this first. And then I happened to be talking to this person later. So actually, this is where it started. I had kind of gone through a period where I, I didn't, I hadn't, you know, and I'm, I'm a pastor. I, I read the Bible for a living. I, I, I preach and teach from it. But I was not, uh, first a year, you know, you always make this uh, commitment that you're going to read your Bible every day. For Christians, we, we do that at least. And, uh, and so I did, and I got started really you know, right off the bat really well. And got off track and, you know, I read a little scripture here and there, but nothing like I want to do and I need to do. And not for my vocation, but for my own well-being. And and I won't spend a lot of time on this, but I, I will just tell you, if just for no other reason, not, not even for uh, spiritual reasons initially, but if, if you will read the Bible every day, it, it will make a profound, any literature that you read that, that's high quality, it, it's going to raise your level of, uh, just your, your whole level of being. And, and see, especially so with the Bible, because it's, it's actually God's living word. It's a living, breathing document, much like the, you know, the Constitution is much like it, not vice versa. And so I've been kind of going through this very undisciplined spell with my daily, my type of daily Bible read, not just reading the scripture here and there and thinking about it, but really digging into it. And so today I, I kind of got back on track. And it was like I had not had anything to drink and my mouth was so dry and I was so hot. I mean, it, that's, this is what it felt like. And I, I found the coldest, best water I've ever had and just, just you know, drank and drank and drank. That, that's what it felt like. And it caused me to think that, you know, we're, we're these unbelievable creations, en engines, as it were. But we have to have lubrication. We have to have the things that, keep us from overheating and having too much friction. Uh, and, and it has to have viscosity. It has to have uh, the, the properties that, that causes all the parts to move smoothly, just like an engine needs oil. We need God's Word. And so if, if you will do that, even, I want you to try it just for 30 days, even if you're not a Christian, you don't go to church, just read, read the book of Psalms. It's really easy reading. Just read Psalms and Proverbs for 30 days and watch the profound change. So that's number one, is put God first in everything in your life. Put God first in your money. Put God first in your time. Put God first, you know, when you get up, uh, get in your recliner, get your cup of coffee or your tea if you're across the pond. 
and, and, and just talk to God like you and I are talking here tonight. And do that and read a couple of Psalms, a couple of Proverbs, and, and it will fundamentally, I mean, your life will be, it will be unbelievable. And I want you to write me. I want you to hit me up on X or on Facebook or on Truth Social when you do this. It will change your life. The second thing, and again, these are, I don't think, I'm, I, I, I don't even have them written down. I'm just talking from, from my, really from my heart. The second thing I think, the second ingredient that is so imperative is taking personal responsibility. It is so easy for me, for you, to blame other people for things that happen. And there are times that other people have, Cause us trouble. There's, there are times that other people have caused, uh, you know, angst and, and whatever else in our lives. And you know, our, it could be kids, or it could be other family members and other things. Uh, but if you will practice, and, and there's a balance here. Uh, when I say this about when it comes to responsibility, if you will be so tough on yourself. But on the other hand, if you do fail, if you do, if you don't do what you should have done, don't keep your word or whatever, or you fail at something, is don't let it linger. And I'll address this a little bit more later, but learning not to blame others. Learning not, uh, or, or, or let me back up, not learning. Discipline yourself not to blame others. Take the the bullet. Uh, take the responsibility. Uh, and I'm not talking about taking responsibility for something you didn't do or whatever. But be so slow to to be defensive. And 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 I am. I can be a very defensive person by nature. Uh, and it's a lot of it's you know low self esteem or whatever. You know from from being a kid or whatever. Uh, and you bring that into adulthood. But it's being able to look in the mirror and say, look, you know, I'm 30 pounds overweight. It's nobody's fault but my own. Uh, you know, I'm facing retirement and I don't have any money saved. It's nobody's fault but my own. It's not the government's fault. It's not, you know, it's not my wife's fault. It's not, if you're a woman, it's not my husband's fault. It's not, you know, my church's fault. It's not, what, whatever, my kid's fault. Is take responsibility. That's the first step. And you will get better uh, and things will turn around if you will, um, if you will take personal responsibility. That is so, so very huge. And again, there's this balance because it's not talking about just blaming yourself for everything. Oh, it's me. It, it's, it's more of an internal thing is, you know, when you're frustrated, when you are, uh, you know, when you're highly frustrated, when you are highly uh, disappointed, discouraged, is that you take responsibility, but you also, on the flip side of that, you say, you know what, I I'm responsible, but I'm also responsible. In other words, I'm responsible with where I am, but I'm also responsible for getting out of where I am. The third thing that I think is so important in the ingredients for a great life 
is when you have a lot on your mind, you have a lot on your, just really stressing you out, is to get it out of your head and get it on a piece of paper. And what you're going to find is when you get it out of your head and you get it on a piece of paper, you'll be shocked to find out it's, it's usually no more than three things. But in your head, it feels like 10 times that amount. But typically, and I've, I've done this in counseling with people over the years, and I can tell you I've never had someone have uh, over five things that they wrote down. It's usually three or less, and I think it's been four a few times, but rarely, if ever, can I even remember five, and never over five. But in your head, it feels like, you know, okay, you got your car's messed up, and you've got a big bill coming up, you know, on Friday, and, you know, you just found out your, you know, kids uh, needs braces, and you know, whatever else. And, and, but in your head, it feels like you're just so overwhelmed and you just can't, you know, you just can't uh, navigate it. Uh, the next thing, that, another ingredient to a great life is uh, thinking from a, a, a mindset of abundance. And I know this is going to sound kind of hippy-dippy. It's going to sound a little bit, uh, you know, new age or whatever, but just bear with me, okay? But instead of thinking in the realm of uh, scarcity, uh, is to think in the realm of abundance. And what I mean by that is uh, you've got, you got, you know, 30 bucks to your name and you're child comes up to you and says, Dad, I need $10 for field trip tomorrow, and you lose it. Man, I got 30 bucks in my name. I got to give you 10 of it. Well, you're going to give it to him anyway, or to her anyway. Then they're going to feel bad that they took it. Uh, you're going to stress over the 20 bucks, but you know what? The week's going to go on, and somehow, some way, you're going to have the money you need to do everything you need to do. Will you have all the money in the world? No. Will you be able to do anything you want to do? No. But will you be able to take care of all the basic needs of life? Yes. You always have. You've never gone without. But we, we fall in this same trap over and over. And men are hearts are beating fast. Oh, no, I've only got $10 left. You know, you put $2 worth of gas in your car. I've been there. I've been there many times. You know, I got $20, and it's got to last me the rest of the week. I'm going to put $2. And guess what? Tomorrow you put two more dollars in there. I'm going to tell you something. Practice this. Put the whole 20 in the gas tank and say to yourself out loud, there's more where that came from. I've started doing something in the last few years with my wife, and she at first would roll her eyes, and then she'd kind of giggle and laugh. Uh, but I think she's kind of starting to believe me. And she'll say, you know, this needs to be paid for. I say, okay. And you got that kind of money? Yeah. Okay, well, all right. And so I pay it. And she said, I didn't know you had that. I said, Yeah, and I got more where that came from. Do I have more money in my account maybe that day? No. But I just know there's there's more coming. And that's not that's not blabbing it and grabbing it or believing it, receiving it. That's not uh, 
you know, some manifests and things by saying, no, it's just, it, it's taken, I said I wasn't going to use another scripture, but I have to refer to this at least. I'm not going to quote it, but, and, and not that you mind probably, and that's who I am, but I was just telling you, I wasn't going to preach to you tonight, so I'm not going to do that. But Jesus did say, he said, look, he said, you worry. Just look at the flowers. Look at the flowers. Of the field. They don't sit around worrying about, you know, where, where am I going to get water? You know, it hadn't rained in three days. It's going to rain right when you need it to. And and I, I heard Jim uh, Rohn say this, not Jim Rohn, the sports guy, but Jim Rohn, the motivational speaker. He's passed now. But he said, you know, why would you worry about things you can't control? And so, and, and I would even say, don't worry about things you can control. I mean, worrying doesn't change a thing anyway. But if you can almost make it, you know, you got a 20, and, and I, mean, I used to just lose my grits when my kids say, you know, I need 20 bucks. Well, that's all the money I got. You know, take my last dime. And I'm going to give it to them anyway because they need it for whatever, school or something going on. And, you know, but, and I always had what I needed. And so now it's like, there's more where that came from. I, I, it's all good. There's no problem. Everything's fine. And it, it totally, now I have to, I'm sitting here telling you this and I have to practice this. I have to, uh, maintain this mindset, but if you will start doing that and quit thinking in a way that is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, um, uh, want or, or scarcity, and you start thinking in a realm of abundance, it's life-changing. It is life-changing. The next one that I I think is, and this is something I got from Steve, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People years ago, and it changed my life. Uh, the, other, the other person that I got this from was uh, Robert Fuller and uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Han, uh, Hanson, Victor Davis Hanson, I think. Maybe Victor Davis Hanson, I'm thinking of the college professor. But anyway, uh, this... Uh, the guys that wrote uh, One Minute Millionaire. And and they talk about win-win, but it's Stephen Covey, really, that he's the one that really uh, brought win-win to the forefront. And that is, when I'm going into a business deal, I'm not looking to knock your head off. I'm not looking to get advantage of you. If I'm buying a car, if I'm buying a house, I'm not thinking, man, what's the cheapest I can get this for? It goes back to that abundance thing. See, I only want to 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 just just rub you down to where you you barely make a dime, and I can go off and say, "Ah, oh, man, I got this for ten thousand below what anybody else would have paid for it." I'm so proud of that, but yet you don't even hardly have enough money to pay off uh, what you owed on it, and I'm sitting here getting it ten thousand less. That's not right. And win-win says, you know what, I want to do a deal where when you walk away, you're thrilled and I walk away thrilled. See how different that is? And that goes back, a lot of that goes back to that abundance mentality. I, I don't need to knock your head off. I, I don't need to take advantage of you. 
because there, there's plenty. There's more out there. I want you to do well, and I'm going to do well. And you know what? It's, it's helped me a lot with with business because when I when I start doing business with somebody and they're trying to just get every dime out of me, I walk away. I, I'm I'm not interested in doing business with them. Not that I don't like them. Not that I don't like the product that they're selling. I'm not interested in doing business with you if you don't understand that that you have to win, I have to win. I, I want us both to walk away and feel equally as good. And so uh, the next ingredient I think is, uh, and whether this comes in sports, it comes in sales, and again, it, this a lot of this goes back to, uh, you can tie it back to the scarcity versus abundance. And that is uh, the other salespeople, uh, other uh, people, you know, whether you're in high school, whatever it is in your life where there's quasi-competition, even if it's athletics, is I, I've never, and you'll hear this from the very best athletes in the world and best coaches in the world. Here's how they teach their athletes, is we are not playing them. We're not competing against them. We're competing against ourselves. Our goal is to be the best that we can be. Not, not to beat them. Our goal is to be the best that we can be. And every day to get up and to be the best that I can be. The next uh, ingredient, I think, to a great life is to find what it is that you were made to do. And you may not can do it right now. You may not can, uh, you know, if, if, if woodworking is your thing, you got a little wood shop out in the garage. You got just one little you know, table saw, and that's all you have, and maybe one little router. You can just get out in that little corner of the garage, and, you know, but you have to go to that J-O-B every day. But, man, where, where you, where it doesn't feel like work is in a duck blind, or where it doesn't feel like work is on the soccer field, or where it doesn't feel like work is, you know, hanging out with your kids. What Whatever it is in life that... You feel like, man, I was made to do this. And that is more than likely that's your gifting. That is your gifting is to do what you love. And see, we're, we're trained that you, you make money at what you don't enjoy and then your hobbies are the things you love. But that's not, that's not accurate. You need to get up every day. You need to work to this place. You won't get there tomorrow. You won't get there the next day. But you can get there. But you can't get there if you don't start. And that is you do what you love and you get rewarded for it. Um, the, the, so, And I'll address that a little bit uh, here in a minute. The, the next ingredient I feel like to, uh, to a great life is not only doing what you what you love, uh, but is realizing there is nothing that everything that you want, everything that you would ever dream, can come true. Now, you're going to say, "Boy, that's man, you're you're really reaching there." But I'm going to tell you. Uh, there's a story in the Bible, and in the story, these uh, people are going to build this tower, 
And, and, and God says to the angels, hey, we're going to go down there and stop them. He said, because he said, they've, they've made up their minds. And if we don't go down there and stop them, they'll, they'll build this thing up to heaven. And, and, and that was for evil purposes. That was for, you know, uh, very selfish reasons. Because God had told them to spread out, but they didn't. They all got together. That's when the language was, languages were confounded in the 6th chapter, 7th chapter of the book of Genesis. And so you, you don't think for evil purposes man can accomplish anything he sets his mind to, that for noble purposes, for your family, for yourself. Here's the problem. You have a dream. You have uh, an idea. You have a passion. You have something that you... So, man, I'd love to open a bakery, or I'd love to be able to stay at home with my kids, or I'd love to, you know, drive a Tesla, or I'd love to, you know, uh, uh, hunt for a living, or whatever it is. You know, I'd love to review books. Uh, and you think, well, you know, I could never do that. Why, why couldn't you? And the Bible also says, again, I'm, I, but I'm not, not going to apologize for it, but I did say I wasn't going to preach to you. But it's the greatest book to refer uh, you to. And, and that is, it says that God is able to do exceeding abundantly. He didn't say exceedingly abundantly. He said exceeding abundantly. In fact, in other words, more than abundantly, all that you could ask or think, according to the power that worketh in him, in God, no, in you, in me. And it's the power of believing that it can happen. I'm going to tell you a story, uh, and, and I'll tell you a lot of these. This may take a, a bit, and you, you can leave any time you want, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, and, and this is not bragging, because I'm not sitting here as a multimillionaire. I'm not sitting here as somebody that's, you know, never has a money worry or any, any of, anything like that. I, I do sit here as someone tremendously blessed in every aspect of my life, and I've had more happened for me but any but but i will tell you this anything that i've ever tried to accomplish in life that was out of the norm that was extra uh over and above ordinary and, and you do know just a little extra with ordinary makes extraordinary right and but see man we're trained just be ordinary don't don't do extra put in your 40 and go home you know, do do your don't get involved, don't don't go over and above, you know, and and I'm telling you, you can you can live a life that you, you never dreamed possible. When I was running for state representative for the state of Arkansas, first I ran for lieutenant governor, got within 2,300 votes, I got 61,000 votes, and the winner got 63,000 votes, and. Uh, raised 10 times more money than I did, worked a year and a half longer than I did. And and if I would have had a clue of what I was doing, I'd have beat him like a drum. But, you know, and, and a lot of times I said, well, it just wasn't, you know, God intended for me. No, God had nothing to do with that part. I I was, I didn't do what I needed to do. Uh, and so, uh, you know, again, it's taking responsibility. But but when I was starting to do that, man, I got fears like, man, you're going to make a fool out of yourself. I had people telling me, 
you know, you ought to be ashamed of yourself running for lieutenant governor, you know, just wacky stuff. And then people, you know, I, I knew people that, that used to work for me and uh, they made it known. You know, if you don't vote for me and that's your prerogative, that's fine. You know, I'm, I mean, one, I'd never know it. But for you to not vote for me and then tell people I, I, I wouldn't vote for him, it's like, you know, why? What, what, what's that about? Uh, and, and, and just fear and dread. And I'm like, and when you feel that, when you're trying to accomplish something in life, that means you're on the right track. It's, it's the, the opposite is always true. Uh, when I, I told our church we were going to start, you know, uh, congregations, and then our church was in a rough spot. I mean, we were losing people, we were losing money. I said, we're going to start multiple locations. We're going to start, uh, and, and yeah, I'm sure people laughed. I'm sure people, you know, thought, man, he's crazy. In the middle of the COVID pandemic, uh, we, we started, I think we had one church started then, but f- from the from the pandemic, that's where we really started. And and we have five congregations and a sixth one on the on the drawing board. And I'm not some brilliant, I'm not some great, you know, I'm just a plain old guy that just uh just had a dream and just won't let go of it. That that's what you have to do. And I'm gonna talk that's another ingredient. I'm gonna talk about that. And 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 the next one is this. This is my favorite saying. I think I coined it. If I didn't, forgive me who did. But I've never heard anybody else say it. It's impossible to fail if you refuse to quit. You cannot fail if you refuse to quit. You only fail if you quit. So just don't quit. If it's your marriage and it's tough, just don't quit. If it's your kids and they keep disappointing you, they keep getting thrown in jail, just don't quit. Don't give up on them. Just, you know, just just keep on keeping on. If you will, will, will refuse to quit, it is impossible for you to fail. And if you get that mentality, I, I am not quitting. And, and it's almost like uh, I had an old pastor, my late pastor, he had a saying, and it was one of the most powerful sayings. It was so plain and simple, but it was so powerful. And he said, miracles happen on ordinary days. And, and, and you know what that means? It, it means that uh, in the process of you not quitting, there's not going to be a neon sign on your wall when you get up in the morning and say, hey, today's the day. You don't know. So you get up and you hit it again today. You go to work. You go to your little studio. and You write your books. You, you, whatever you do. And and so I just I wanna I wanna encourage your day. Just uh, have a dream. And and we do something. I have a nonprofit, and and we ask people in, in that nonprofit, what's your dream? What would you, if you could do anything in the world, what would it be? And you know, most people can't even tell you. They've not dreamed in so long, if ever. And we don't teach dreaming in school. We don't teach it at home. But, you know, and I tell my boys all the time, I said, man, do not, you know, get that job, make good money, but do not give up on your passions. You know, do not give up. You know, I got one son that is a world-class writer. Uh, 
of, of, of novels and books. I have two sons that are world-class uh, uh, musicians and been very successful in the music industry. And I told them, I said, you know, all three of them, you need to write for a living. You need to, you know, you need to uh, produce music for a living. Let this other stuff be an ends, you know, a means to the end. Don't let it be the end. Uh, and and believe and, and set goals that are ridiculous. You may not hit them, you know. If, if you set a goal for, uh, you know, to, to walk a thousand miles and you only walk 200, I promise you, you walk more miles. You would never walk that 200 miles if you wouldn't have set the goal for a, a thousand. If you'd have set the goal for a hundred, you surely wouldn't have walked to 200. And so when you set the big audacious goals, uh, you're automatically going, going to accomplish more. I remember one time getting out of my car and I was walking into the church uh, actually to pray and we were trying to sell this land. We had this, I mean, probably at that time, because we've sold a little bit of it off, but a probably seven to nine million dollars value. Uh, well, I can just tell you, yeah, it's right at eight million. Uh, I'm just thinking of what we've sold one for and what the other one. But it's between seven and nine million uh, is was the value, and we sold part of it, a, a tiny bit, for for two point three million. And uh, I remember thinking about this next part. And I was like, man, we need to sell this so because we bought some very nice land and we're going to build a building out there. This is where we had the multiple locations. It was like this voice said, you know, you think and or are, you know, we need to be here or be there. But he said, it's like the Lord just started impressing on me. It wasn't a voice, but it was a thought. It said, you know, you think in terms of or, I think in terms of and. And you think about the most accomplished people in life, you know, the whomevers, you know, the people that are really, whether it's Kevin Hart or it's, it's uh, uh, you know, uh, Joe Rogan or, or uh, whomever, they're not our people. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna be a movie star or I'm going to be a comedian. No, they're a movie star and a comedian. Uh, the most accomplished people, they're not, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, uh, you know, announce uh, sports, or I'm going to do play-by-play, you know, for a college team. No, they do both. Uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this, uh, or I'm going to do this. No, they do both. They have a business. They they write. They act. They, you know, it's 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 and 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 that, and those are not even godly people. But that's that's. That's God's way of thinking is and you you are fearfully and wonderfully made and you have you have so much more capability than you think you do. You your you know your uh stress point and your your max is so much more. You have so much more ability than you think you do. So much more. Uh my business partner and I started a publishing company. Uh, what? Well, we started when, when I wrote a book and I was like, hey, you know, we could maybe do this for somebody else. I got a call today uh, from one of our authors said, I just got my book in. I, I can't tell you. It, it, it's the second book. We actually third book we've done for uh, 
her husband, they, this is their third book we've done for them. It was like, I can't tell you how this feels to see this book. Well, I can't tell you how I felt because they felt that way. And and we've got probably, what, two or three, four books. That's Purpose Media Publishing that, that, we, that advertises here. And we're getting into podcasts. And uh, we're, we're going to produce podcasts. We're, we're going to have one of the largest podcast networks anywhere. We're going to have people all over X, all over uh, the other social media platforms. They're going to be, uh, we're going to be a podcast channel and we're going to have cooking podcasts. We're going to have uh, crime podcasts. We're going to have all types of podcasts, hundreds of them. Uh, and and be a major player in the podcast space, uh, and it started out with us publishing books, and so if if you told me five years ago I was going to do that, and it started out I didn't know how to publish a book, I I didn't know anything about it. We've had to learn, but it's amazing the people just. And that's another thing. Here's the next in, ingredient: is if if you if you will commit that you're going to do something and you're going to help other people benefit. And what I mean by that, the money you make or the product you make, you're going to bless other people with it. You're not going to just keep all the money. You're not going to just keep it all to yourself. But whatever you start with the money, with the product, with the service, you're going to bless other people with it. If you start a lawnmower service, you're going to mow widow's yards. Uh, if you start a cleaning business uh, or a, uh, a a personal care or a, you know nursing assistant or whatever caregiver uh, that you're going to donate some to some people that need a break in caregiving for their family, and you do that, here's here's the magical thing that starts happening. People start just coming out of the woodwork to help you uh, do that. Now, if you're just doing it so you can drive a a fancy car, you're just doing it so you can get a lake house. There's no motivation for God to send you help. But when you're helping other people with it and you're blessing other people with it, and yeah, you're going to be blessed too, then people just start coming out of the woodwork to help you. We have people right now that edit books for us, that that uh, proofread for us, that test read for us, that that we've printed books for them and we've helped them and now they're helping us and and just on and on and on. I, I had a, um, you know, I had a, a a desire to start a college, and and I was like, man, I don't want to start a college. I'm not, you know, but I want to train young men and young women. I want to build a school that is uh, a place where we can, you know, in, in those classes, whether it's online or or brick and mortar, that uh, they can. Uh, listen to Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh's playing in the hallways, you know, uh, and it's it's a place where it's an incubator incubator of freedom. It's an incubator of of you know liberty. Uh, it's a place where you can talk about the things you could talk about in school. You can pray. You can read your Bible. It's it's not an indoctrination camp, but it's a place where people can flourish and grow and young minds can learn. We started that with starting a school. And 
Our school didn't take off. It was very uh, a parochial school. It started off very small. Still is very small. But the lady that God sent us, man, just has a passion for it. Very intelligent. Highly educated. And just has this undying passion for it. You know, we started a, a, a music label. It's called Apo Worship. Check it out. APO Worship. It's a... It's a uh, music and worship. And what I'm talking about is dare to dream, dare to try. If you fail, get up, try it again. And we started this Apple worship and God just gave us producers to help us. And Kobe and Rachel, they they write most of that music. I've written, I've written a, one song I, I, there. Uh, I, I wanted to write music that was... Uh, and again, I'm, I'm, I hope you don't take that as, as humble bragging or, 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 or just bragging. But it's just none of this I thought I would ever do till I just, I just did it. Well, well, how do I get started? Just do it and fail and do it again. And, you know, learn the mo most you can and learn from other people. But a lot of times people won't give you their time. So you just got to do it and then do it again. Do it and keep doing it. Um. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to write music, and I started probably thir 35 years ago writing praise and worship courses. It took me 35 years of writing praise and worship to get, uh, I have a song that I wrote, uh, Kobe and Rachel on Apple Worship. Uh, that's my son and daughter-in-law. And they, they recorded that song. It's called Overwhelmed. It's on Spotify, all, all of that. Now, I'm not a musician. I'm not a singer. I'm not a... You know, I'm not, I'm not a talented person, but I, I have this passion. I wanted to write. Uh, and, and so I started writing these, what I would call kind of Americana or country songs, because I wanted to write songs that were, uh, that had positive, much of what I'm doing here tonight, a positive message, but was not um, preachy and not, you know, not necessarily stuff that Christians, but I wanted non-Christians to listen to it. That's, I want to save people from divorce. I want to save people from, you know, exchanging kids for the weekend and just all the, 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 the societal ills. And, and so I started writing and I, I've got some music coming out. My wife and I are doing a project uh, and I'll, I'll be talking more about that, but we're doing a music project and, and we're going to have several songs in there. She's a phenomenal singer and it's taken me it's taken me 44 years, we've been married 44 years, and it's taken me 44 years to take my writing, put it with her phenomenal vocals. I'll do a little, back, you know, a little harmony, uh, and, and we, we've got a project name. I'll be unveiling that later down the road. But, and, and our sons, who have a very successful band called Knox Hamilton, they're going to uh, they're, they're gonna, uh, collaborate with us. Uh, on on a couple of those projects, uh, hopefully. But uh, again, I'm not telling you that so you you think I'm something or you know because because you know it's not much has come of it. It's not like it's some huge deal. But w when you just dare to dream and you know, and it's not without failure. I, I you know I had a deal come to me some time ago. It's been a couple three years ago now. And I bought a business, and that business has blessed me 
over and over and over and over. But the guy came to me and said, hey, you want to buy this? And I was like, yeah. And then I, I, I actually merged with another guy. And, but you got to try things. That's another ingredient. You got you to try and you got to fail. Not long ago, I had, a, I had an opportunity and it was a great opportunity. And I, we put it all together. We made an agreement. And I, I just couldn't come up with all the money. And that's never happened to me before. And I felt so ashamed. I felt so foolish. And I came up with most of the money. And I, I had the rest of it. But, but I ran out of time with the, the seller. Just spooked them. And they said, like, no, you know, I'm, I'm out. And that was very, uh, you know, humbling and very... Um, so I, I don't want to give you this impression everything just flows. and It typically does, but sometimes it doesn't, you know. And, and, but, but I was like, hey, man, it is what it is. You know, I tried, but, but God was probably protecting me, you know. That, that wasn't something else I needed to jump into right now. And so keep rolling. Getting ready to, we're getting ready to open a podcast studio, and we're going to, we're going to, Start this podcast network for uh, Purpose Media uh, Podcast Network, and but in in addition to that, we're going to start a brick and mortar podcast studio where people can come and record their podcast. We'll have our affiliates po- uh, podcasting from there. The ones that live around here, the others will do remote. But people that have a podcast will come in, do their podcast at, at our podcast studio. Uh, but I've had a nickel and dime that. It's not like I'm rolling in and I just write checks and don't worry about it. No, no, no. I've got, you know, I got real estate, but how I got that real estate was, you know, it was through just different things. It wasn't like, you know, I had a bunch of money and just wrote checks. No, you know, I got a little $10,000 mobile home in the back of somebody's yard and uh, their son passed away and they said, you want to buy the trailer? And I happened to have, about $10,000, and I bought the trailer, and, and I make $10,000 every year off that trailer. Uh, and, and, and I only had two years to have the trailer there and then I had to move it. Well, I didn't have any land to move it, so I just prayed and said, God, you know, you, don't, you know I don't have any land to move it. And right before it became time, the lady that sold me the trailer that was her son's called me up. It was on her land. She said, will you not move the trailer? I said, oh, okay, you don't want to move the trailer? No, you know, I'm here by myself. And uh, when I, we made that agreement, you know, uh, my husband was still alive and I, 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 don't, I don't want you to move the trailer. Okay, I won't move the trailer. So, you know, I'm still there. And now I bought the house that, where the trailer was. Uh, but, but, but all of that, it, it was never an abundance of, abundance of money. It was never like huge bank account. I just wrote checks. No, no. It's been nickel and dime, and it's been just here a little, there a little. It's, you know, it's taking a step and then hanging on, hoping, praying you won't be blown away. You know, it's little by little, but, but not giving up, not letting go. And then when you do fail, get back up and keep moving. You know, thinking in a way of abundance, not in scarcity. Not being in competition with other people, but being in competition with yourself and being a better person, you know, than you were uh, today. Uh, not burdening people. Here's another one is uh, not being critical, uh, 
not complaining and not telling uh, other people's shortcomings to people that don't know those people's shortcomings. Hey, did you know so-and-so got arrested one time? Instead of switching it, instead of having that kind of eagerness to tell something about somebody you heard, is make it exciting that you're the only person that knows that bad thing about that person and it never sees the light of day. And somebody told you hoping you would tell it or thinking you would tell it, but you don't. And it feels so good to say, you know what? I know that, but people have given me a second chance. And it's just, it's just changing your, your entire mentality, changing your entire mindset is, uh, it, it's so, so very rewarding. And, you know, I think one of the biggest things, and I want to go back to this, I think one of the biggest things is being an and, A-N-D person, not a O-R, or person. Hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm going to work my job and I'm going to sell real estate. I'm going to work my job, I'm going to sell real estate, and I'm going to do this and do that. But not at the detriment of your, uh, of your family and not you know being gone. I remember when my, my boys were little, and my wife was a you know stay at home mom she she uh her, her her work was there in the home and and uh we had three kids in three years, so we had three little bitty kids and you know I used to play a lot of golf and I used to run a lot and 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 so and they were all always involved in sports and so it started really bothering me because I would go play golf I'd go down to Dallas we lived an hour from downtown Dallas. And I'd go down there and meet some of my buddies and we'd play golf. And, you know, I'd be gone eight, ten hours. You know, we'd go play golf and we'd go eat, come home. It'd be late at night. My, my wife's been there all day with them. And then one day it just hit me, man, these kids are going to be grown before I know it. And and so I just, I quit. <clears throat> I quit golfing. I quit, you know, uh, you know, going off and playing basketball without them because <clears throat> that was kind of my time, you know. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to get my exercise and I'm going to spend time with them. And so what I do with, with the three boys and give my wife some time, the three boys and I would go to the, the baseball diamond and I would throw batting practice. One of them would hit and uh, then one of them maybe would pitch for a while that I'd shag, you know, grounders and flies. So I'm getting my exercise and we're spending time together. And so that's the next one that I, I want to talk to you about is uh, is unleashing your creativity. Is you were made by the creator of the universe, so you have that creative DNA inside of you. You may not be an artist, you may not be a songwriter, you you know, uh, but I guarantee you, you are much more creative than you think you are. And you say, well, I, you know, I, I can't draw, I can't write, I can't, I can't, you know, do this or do that, you know. But what you can, you can think creatively. And let me give you an example. Robert Kiyosaki, in his book *Rich Dad Poor Dad*, gives this example. He said that, you know, use your mind, the creative power of your mind. And he gives the example. He said there was this guy in California, and he told his buddy, he said, "Man, I want a house." 
in 10 acres in Southern California. And the guy laughed. He said, dude, there's no house. He said, there's very few houses with 10 acres in Southern California. And if there is a house in 10 acres in Southern California, you can't afford it. And the guy said, yeah, I'm going to have a house in 10 acres. And he said, okay, we'll see. See what that guy did? That guy found a house with 20 acres. And he found a guy that wanted to buy 10 acres. And he said, hey, would you like to buy 10 acres? He sold that guy the 10 acres. Uh, and he got enough for it to not only pay off that 10 acres, but to pay off his house in the 10 acres. So he got the house in 10 acres. The other guy got the 10 acres and built him a house. And he paid him enough money that he paid it all off. So his house in 10 acres. So that that was not a setup. That wasn't just sitting there waiting for him to just take it in. No, he had to get creative. And you got to get creative. You got to get creative about problems. You got to get creative about, uh, you know, uh, things at home. Rather than being overwhelmed by things at work or being overwhelmed by things at home, being overwhelmed about things going on in your life, is you take a step back and say, wait a minute, I'm going to use this creative power that I've been given and, and I'm going to figure out a solution. There is a solution to this. I was telling someone one time, one of my favorite sayings for years was, hey man, we can figure this out. We, we sent a man to the moon. And a good friend of mine said, yeah, and don't forget we, we, we brought him back home. And I thought, well, that's pretty important, probably very important to him actually. And so you have phenomenal creative power. Use it. And, and you got problems right now. And instead of letting problems overwhelm you, is you, you learn to uh, plug into that creativity and get excited about problems. I'm, I'm going to figure out a way to solve these particular uh, issues. I want to wrap this up with uh, a couple of things that I think is, um, it's, I really believe will, will, will help you is uh, in, in relationships. You know, they say that the number one, uh, the number one attribute for someone who makes a lot of money and is highly successful is they're great at relationships. And we talked a little bit about it. You know, don't, don't ever tell something about somebody that the other person doesn't know that's negative. Uh, if it's positive, yeah, make sure they know it. If it's negative, keep it to yourself. Because you know what's going to happen? Somebody's going to do the same for you. And something they could have told on you was negative. They don't do it because you don't do it. And if they do it, you, you just power through it anyway. Um, but the other thing is, is don't have the same fights over and over. Used to, my wife, I would come in from you know work and then I had to go to my other job. I, I worked two or three jobs uh, when I was young and my wife would be there with the kids. So when I finally got in, she's like, you know, don't sit down. We're, go we're, we're going to eat. We're going to Walmart. We're, we're getting out of this house. Because she'd been at home all day, you know, with all three of them. And, man, I'd gripe and complain and walk around Walmart, you know, what are we doing? Why don't we do And And it wasn't going to change. We were going. And so finally, you know, it took me years. And one day I'm walking around Walmart. And it was almost like a voice said, shut up. Would you quit? 
You're going to be here anyway. Just put a smile on your face and enjoy it. And so now I've just, you know, and I'm not perfect with it. Please don't don't take it that way. But uh, I did the same thing with getting the same argument because I would complain, complain, complain. And then finally I realized, wait a minute, I'm going anyway. I'm going to the family reunion anyway. I'm going to this event anyway. I'm going to this wedding anyway. I'm going to this whatever anyway that I don't want to go to. And so I can go in with a griping, complaining, sour uh, attitude, or I can put a smile on my face that I don't mean probably. And I guess in, in, in the wife may say, you don't mind? No, I don't mind. Not, no, I don't mind. No, I don't mind. That's, fine. That's good. Yeah, you do. No, it's good. And then you know what happened magically? I started actually enjoying some of those outings. I didn't dread them because a lot of it was my mentality. I want to give you a last one. And this is so simple, but it will, it will transform you, is uh, smile. Smile when you're by yourself. Smile when you're driving down the road. And here's a huge one, is when you answer the phone, smile. Because people can hear your smile. And a smile and a, and a kind word and a uplifting word to somebody is, uh, can be so, so powerful. You, you have the ability literally on a daily basis to transform people's life through a smile and an encouraging word, noticing something about them, especially children, but not just children. Hey man, I love the way you do that. Thank you for being so nice. Thank you for opening the door. Thank you. And just adding value to people's lives. I think, I think that probably is uh, one of the greatest things that, that you and I can, uh, can really practice. Uh, let me give you one more. And that is, uh, when someone asks you of something, listen, someone asks you, can they borrow a thousand dollars? You may not can do that, but practice, uh, never saying no to your kids, to anybody practice. Now you can't always say yes to everything. You can't always say yes to what they've asked. But figure out a way to say yes instead of, because no, no, when I say no, not uh, people ask you to do things and you're gone all the time and all that. No, you got to learn to say no. But I'm talking about when people ask of you something. Ask, uh, and even, even, hey, would you be a board member? Look, I can't do that, but I can raise you a little money. So learn to say uh, yes to something. You can't say yes to everything, but figure out something. What we do, we use no as a uh, almost an automatic. It's a default. Uh, Dad, can I go to so-and-so? No. Uh, can I have a dollar? No. Uh, no, son, you can't have a dollar, but here's a quarter. No, you can't go to their house to spend the night because I don't know them, but hey, won't you invite Jimmy to go with us and we'll we'll go get pizza and go hit a few balls in the bat cages. You 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 learn to say uh you 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 turn around, 
instead of just saying no so you don't have to think about it, you figure out something that you can say yes to. It will change and transform your life. Hey, those are the ingredients for a great life. I'll have some more for you. I hope this has not been too big of a departure. Congratulations to Donald J. Trump for winning New Hampshire. Hopefully the primary will now be over. And I hope to talk to you later. Hope you have a great, wonderful, wonderful Wednesday and weekend. And maybe I'll talk to you before the uh, end of the week and uh, if not you have a great and wonderful uh, hump day Wednesday and uh, we'll uh, get back on here again don't forget we're brought to you by Red River Auto uh, RedRiverAuto.com also we're brought to you by MyPillow.com don't forget to use that promo code RED last but not least MyPurposeMediaPublishing.com uh, I'm sorry, PurposeMediaPublishing.com, PurposeMediaPublishing.com if you or a loved one want to publish a book. Hey, you take care. So thankful that you joined us. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Red Pill Plus Podcast. Sports Plus News done right. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. In the meantime, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at Red Pill Plus and check the website at docwashburn.com slash redpill. Pill.